Leslie Logan is a leading expert in the field of mindfulness and meditation with over 20 years of experience teaching and coaching on how you could incorporate mindfulness practices into your daily life. Leslie has an interesting journey from her retail background to becoming a Pilates instructor. This episode, you will learn how she developed her skills to become a leading expert in her field, how she built a global online engaged community with over 500 people and the importance of sticking to your values. Leslie's are consistency, community, integrity, authenticity, and communication. Before I was a Pilates instructor, I actually worked in retail. I sold jewelry and purses and like accessories and like, which is so fun to sell because anybody can like, you don't have to be a certain size. Like you can be anybody. Right. So, um, I really loved accessories because I feel like they told the story and, Part of me still wants to go back to that someday. Uh, so instead I just have a jewelry store in my closet and I just like get dressed. But so I was running this jewelry store and I thought that was what I was gonna do my whole life. And um, it's 2005, everyone. So if you just go back in time, what was pre-coming was the end of retail as we know it. But <laughs> I didn't know it. Yeah. So, but this girl invited me to apply his class and I totally made fun of it. Like I really did. I was like, that is some infomercial workout. It can't do what it, sa- what it says it's gonna do. At little did I know. Um, but I wanted a friend. I really didn't have any at the time. I had graduated college and all my friends had moved back to where they grew up or they got married and I didn't. And so I felt like I was starting over, but in the same town that I was in. So I went to the class and it changed my life. Like I felt parts of my body I never felt before. And I didn't know it then. It, it took me years to articulate this, but what it really was is that I actually felt like I belonged in my own body. And what I believe is that if we can connect to ourselves and we can connect more to others, but if you are not connected to you, it doesn't matter how many friends you have, how many people you work with, none of that matters. You are not going to feel like you belong or are connected or that people see and get you. And so that was the start of me just like really understanding myself. And then I changed my whole work schedule so I could go every day. And then eventually someone's like, you should be a teacher. And I was like, really? I should, I have 80,000 in student loans. I'm just going to go work at a gym. Uh, (laughs) Sounds sounds Um, like a perfect plan. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, but I did, I thought it'd be a side hustle. And even though we were in that crazy recession, I was selling more Pilates packages than I was jewelry. And so I left the retail world just before I would have lost my job anyways. (laughs) So everything happens for a reason, you know, and so you said you were kind of like desperate for a friend. So you were kind of like, right, whatever she says to do, we're going to go do. And for the listener that doesn't know what Pilates is, can you explain it? Because my understanding is it's there's like a board and you're on the board. Is it still that sliding around on pulleys and that kind of thing? Yeah. So that's a great question. So Joseph Pilates was the man who created Pilates. So it was actually created by someone. Hmm. Um, he actually brought, he was um, uh, from Germany. He was in the circus and a boxer and he brought it to the US in the 20s. And he started with just the mat work. And so for me, like my whole job is to help people get, understand the mat work. Now there's all these other pieces of equipment. So yes, there's this thing you lie on called the reformer and it's got straps and springs and there's a Cadillac, which I'll just say it. Most people, when they see it, think it looks like some sort of sex dungeon. Um, and so, sounds uh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds perfect. And, um, and so, you know, um, but if you have access to those things, great. If you don't, the mat work is something you can practice for the rest of your life and it, it'll take you your whole life to really understand all the nuances to it. But Pilates is a strength-based workout 
that is designed to balance your imbalances. And it is mostly body weight, but yes, with the springs, you can add tension um, that help you connect to certain muscles, but it's really designed to make sure that you do everything you already love better. So if you already, if you love to weight train, you love yoga, you love to run, Pilates is actually going to make sure that you are balancing all those other muscle groups so that when you are running, you're not feeling your back or your hips or your knees. If you are doing yoga, that you actually bring some strength to that practice. And so I don't like to think it's Pilates versus it's Pilates and whatever you're already doing. Yeah. And, and going from retail to Pilates is, is a very kind of big move. So what, what kind of retraining did you have to do? I'm not sure if there's a, a similar kind of skill to be shared between selling jewelry and, and handbags between Pilates and stuff, maybe the sales skills or something. So I'll say like having been in the sales world and selling things that people didn't really need, like, let's just be honest. Like, of course I love a good black leather bag, but like, yeah. do I need another one? You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, and who doesn't love a, like a gorgeous necklace or three at the same time, but at some point it's like, what is necessary? And so the sales skills I had were so easily able to be translated because now I wasn't selling jewelry and like trying to convince someone to buy something that they could probably wait till next week to buy. Yeah. I was instead helping them connect that Pilates was the missing link to the life and feeling that they wanted to have in their bodies. And so to be honest, I never really felt like I was selling when I was in sales because I was just helping asking people what they needed and then giving them what they wanted. But this was easier mm. because the reality is, is that jewelry accessories will come and go in and out of style. So yeah, you could save it for a while to come back around, but you have this one body. This is it. You don't mm -hmm. take care of it when you're younger. It's not going to be there for you when you're older. It doesn't, you just don't get like a new one. <laughs> yeah, of course. You, you can't, you can't just go on eBay and buy a new body. Of, of course. Well, I think yeah. you could, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe now, but you know, <laughs> so like that, that was an easily translatable skill. As far as other ones, I had to really retrain myself on the seasons of busy because yeah. that's very different. Um, whereas retail gets busier on the holidays, fitness gets slower on the holidays. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course. People, people tend to uh, come back into the gym around summertime and the start of the year, once they've got all full of, you know, pep and step. I mean, there are those regular people that do like to go to do these things, but like from what you've kind of said, those people tend to come to the classes, they love the classes, then they become an instructor and then they don't go to any classes anymore because they're running them type thing. <laughs> yeah, that happens. <laughs> yeah. So, so when you first, you know, did your first class, did you have any kind of experience with, you know, basically presenting because when you're doing a class it is a form of presentation did you have anything like that in your like history or in your past yeah so you know um first of all i think everything you've ever done really sets you up for the next thing and makes some things easier and also like as it makes it you makes you unique in doing them um i in college i was on the debate team so i had done some like on stage work there and in high school i had done theater so i had some sort of like speaking abilities from that um but teaching in itself that was something i had to like really go back and look at examples in my life where I had taught before so that I could get out of the imposter syndrome. Like I'm a new teacher, you know, so I had to go back and like give myself credit. And this is really key for anything. If you want to have confidence in something, go look back at all the things you've ever done. So make sure you're doing like some celebrations every day so you can have a record of things, but I'm an older sibling. So I have taught my siblings how to do certain things, right? Yeah. Um, when I was in high school, I remembered, oh, I tutored this person. Oh, when I was a manager in retail, I trained these employees. So I had to like show myself, like I've done this, it's just a different way of doing it. And then um, 
And then you don't ever want to be fake because people can notice that, but you have to be the energy you want to see in the room. And that is something that most training programs don't teach teachers. They don't actually explain. Like if I were to come in and talk to the room, like I was teaching a private, it would not fill the space. And most people wouldn't feel seen. Mm. If I was to talk, like I was sitting at coffee, um, maybe people would feel like it's comfortable, but they might not have felt like they got anything out of it. So you really had to like understand like when this class is over, how do I want people to feel? And then who do I have to be to make sure that that is what's happening in the space, even if it's their first time so that they come back. And that was a skill set. I'll be honest, um, that thankfully someone told me really early on in my career, they says, don't, they said, don't pay attention to people's faces when they work out. They don't know what they're making. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of pain making- and things going on there. Yeah. They're like, make these weird faces. And so you're like, do they not like it? Or, and then like, this is great. And you're like, really, you should tell your face. So (laughs) that was, that was key. Um, but I, but I, I will not say I was ever at a natural at it. It was just kind of like, uh, I had to like almost tell myself that I'm, it's not me up there. Like it's not a personal thing. If they don't like this class, it's just, you know, like there's 30 people in the class, someone's not going to like it. Mm. But, um, that I had to like, step into this like extra energy of who I was so yeah. that, um, so that I could actually be this, I could fill the space. It was a huge space. And then I could come back and be myself. And so I think for anyone wanting to teach, just really think about like, what's the experience you want them to have and step into that role. It's not like you're being a fake version of you. You're just being that version of you. And then you can go back into like, okay, this is who I am when I'm not teaching. Yeah. Uh, what is the Leslie experience of Pilates? What do you want people to feel once they're, once they're done with your classes? Yeah. So I fully want you to understand the power that you have and the strength that you have. And I really like to make sure that when people are done with the class, they're not focused on the exercise they couldn't do yet, Mm. but they focus on the exercise they could do. So in my classes, we do a lot of recognizing um, that we did hard things. Like that was really hard, but you did it. Um, So we celebrate. And then we also um, acknowledge when something is not available to us yet. And we ask ourselves what we can do. So at the end of the class, you're not focused on like, oh, I'm not good enough to be here. You actually just focus on like, oh, I did that hard thing today. And now you can go do hard things. Um, Because I believe how you are on your mat, it's how you do everything in life. So if you are hard on yourself in your workout, bet you're pretty hard on yourself all day long, right? So if we can take a moment to retrain your self-talk, and to focus on what was possible, what you did do, what you can work on right now, then that is a muscle that you get to take with you when you're in your daily life. So that's that's what I want. I want to leave. I want you to leave a more confident, stronger version of yourself, and that you and and believing in you and what's capable. Yeah, I mean, about seven eight years ago, I used to go to a, a weekly yoga class, and and the instructor would be like, as much as we're stretching our bodies and testing our our you know flexibility, we're also strengthening the minds, and so. I could see what drew you into Pilates, but you know, for myself and the listener, what, what was it that you kind of got in the beginning of Pilates that then took you to the point where you're at now? As in, what what changed in you? What clicked? Yeah. So for me, I I was always a runner, and um, I my dad was an athlete, and my grandfather was an athlete, so they had me in sports. Um, I was not extremely athletic. <laughs> um, I was a Long good distance runner. Runners don't tend to be, but you know what? They, they do something that I definitely can't, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so it wasn't like I didn't work out or train before. Um, so when I, I say that just to be like Pilates gave me this opportunity to strengthen muscles. I couldn't figure out how to strengthen. So I had 
done a personal training certificate because I was trying to figure out how to get stronger. And I just, I had like these spindly arms and I had really strong legs from running, but like, I was like, I'm just not, I just feel like imbalanced and I don't understand. And for me, like as a hyper mobile body, a lot of things I could do, but they didn't Mm. feel good. Yeah. Right. They didn't, not that working out should feel good, but it should feel possible. (laughs) And so it just felt like I was not really in the muscles. And so what Pilates gave me, what it taught me was how to be in the muscles of my body and not in the flexibility of my body. Because if you are hanging on the flexibility of your body, then everything feels really easy. (laughs) And if it's easy, you're just not doing that right. And so, um, so it really gave me this opportunity to, um, figure out how to balance my flexibility with strength. So here's the thing. You're only as strong as you are flexible. Mm-hmm. And if you are too flexible, <laughs> then you are in out of imbalance. So you can be injured by being too flexible and you can be injured by being too tight. You really do want the two of them. And so for me, it just really gave me this opportunity to figure out how to strengthen my body. And now I can lift weights and nothing, it doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just empowers my Pilates practice as well, because now I'm stronger and I can go into the Pilates practice with that flexibility. And what about mentally? Did it do anything for you mentally? Or like, as in, did you feel yourself kind of have that kind of limitless moment where you were, you know, all powerful, all seeing, all knowing? Oh my God, I love those moments. But um, <laughs> but I will say, um, so it's a really good question. And I think it is the best way to describe it is when you are doing Pilates because you are so focused on what's moving where, you cannot focus on anything else. Mm. So you cannot actually think about what you have to buy at the grocery store because you cannot focus on your body moving, your body will just go into like, like autopilot, but that doesn't mean you're actually connected anymore, right? So it forces you to like drop your brain into your body and actually focus only on that. Mm-hmm. And so you can come into your place practice stressed out, angry, pissed off. And it doesn't mean that those first few minutes aren't gonna be stressed out, angry and pissed off. But the moment you start to go, oh, I have to focus on this thing. All of a sudden, the next exercise, you by the, by a few minutes in, you forgot what was stressed out, angry, whatever. You get to the end of your workout, and you feel like yourself again. You feel like that that version of you that you're like, this is who I want to be. Like I'm I'm present, I'm confident, I feel strong, I feel good. And then, yes, you'll probably be reminded that you're pissed off and angry when you went into it because we grab our phones. But you'll have a different perspective because you were able to take yourself out of the situation. So now when you come back to the situation, you can have more clarity and you could probably look at and go, this is actually not that big of a deal. You know what I mean? Like, or you can like say what you want to say. But for me, it's like, it's not about like not thinking at all because you are thinking about what you're doing, but it's about calming that, that mind that never stops thinking about this thing and thinking about this thing. It really drops you in so that you can actually have a much clearer perspective, much better mental state when you look back at the things you're going to do. So speaking on that clear perspective and kind of having like a better understanding of things, you were doing Pilates classes in person and then you decided to go online. What What is it that drove you online? I'm not sure how long you've been online, but uh, yeah, what is it that drove you online and how did you come like aware of that this is something you could do? Yeah, so it's a great question. And I think a lot of people think I just got online with everybody else in 2020, mm. but I've been online since 2018 and actually before that in 2016 on some other platforms. Mm. So um, what drove me, not me. Yeah. <laughs> For sure, not me. Um, uh, I... 
I'm not a tech person. And so like, while I had visions and dreams, I didn't really understand how to, to take that action. But my husband is a tech person and he noticed that, um, cause he'd come to my classes and notice that people were sad. Cause I was going to be gone the next week and then I'd be back for a week and I'd be gone for a week. Yeah. And he's like, you really have to have something you offer them because mm. they, yes, they're going to go to the subs, but they want you. Mm-hmm. And so I really just wanted them to go to their subs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but he twisted my arm and I said, okay, well, here's my, my concern with online. When one, I feel like people sign up for things like a gym membership, even in person, and they go for a little bit and then they stop going. Yeah. And I feel like online, you know, as opposed to the gym, the gym, you've got like your year long contract. So good luck yeah. getting out, but like online, it's expected that they could just cancel. So mm. I don't want to have people who are here for like two weeks and then they don't use it. So they're gone. I really want there to be some accountability to them showing up like they would a class that they signed up for at the gym. Mm-hmm. And so he said, okay, we can do that. And I said, so the classes have to disappear. And so I'm the only platform where like every single Tuesday, a new class goes up and the old one goes away, gone. And so that makes you, and we have people who are like literally 30 minutes before class is about to disappear, logging in to take it, right? Because they don't want to miss out because it's gone forever. So that really forces people to use the membership because I don't just want people to sign up and not use it. I want them to use it. I want them to have the benefits. The other thing that like, I was like, okay, well, here's my, now that you fix that, let's one more, one more roadblock for you. I want there to be community. Because what I see after years, I've been teaching since 2008, for years of people coming to my group class, they don't, sometimes they come because of the community. They Mm -hmm. come, they don't want to be there actually. They wanted to sleep in. Mm-hmm. but they didn't want to miss out on this opportunity to see the people they see every Wednesday. It's like a, it's like something that like they can hold on to and they can like have some consistency around in a really crazy world. And so I want there to be community. Mm-hmm. And so we created a group and this way, all of the members are taking the exact same class during the exact same week, whenever they want to. So they have the convenience of the timing, but when they say I took class this week, everyone knows what they're talking about. Right. And so that they could really share on that. And it's been incredible. You know, we're, all, we're going into year five. Some of our members have been with us since the beginning and they're like, are, are like saying happy birthday in the group where they're going, oh my God, so-and-so is having a baby. Like there's, there's this incredible community that is beyond the Pilates. And so the force was really just need. And then the unique qualities of it are because of what I want to make sure people understand and get out of that, that they could get in a studio. So I wanted to take the best of both worlds. Yeah. And what is the, the kind of person that signs up to do a weekly disappearing online Pilates class. Cause that, that's a, I, I don't know if that's a niche within a niche or if that's just really good marketing <laughs> and branding, you know, I, I don't really know who, who would sign up to that. What, what does the community look like? Yeah. So, um, that is a really good question. We definitely have people who, um, go to our competitors because of lack of access. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just say to them, okay, well, if you are actually using it, if you have the one that has thousands of classes and you show up and you you do it and you love choice and you love all the filters to figure out what you wanna watch, great, mm-hmm. that is perfect for you. But if you're someone like me, who even on my Peloton, I just pick the first 20 minute class that they show. <laughs> Cause yeah. like, I don't care, I don't care. I don't have time for this. I have 20 minutes and right now mm-hmm. that, that's taking one minute. <laughs> you know, yeah. so um, so for me, I think it's it's the people who know that they need the accountability. They know that they have so many decisions to make. They don't want to make one more and they want to feel like they're part of something that's bigger than them. And so, 
Um, that's who that is. It's those people who just really want to, they really are like, I need it to be easier, just need to be easier. And I want to feel like other people get what I'm going through. And that's who our member is. And it's, that's, what's really cool. Like we've had members who have quit jobs or left husbands because they, they got reminded in the weekly class that they could do hard things that they can that they, that they might not be ready for this yet, but this is what they can do instead. And then that just starts breaking down different thoughts that they're having and realizations. And then they are in the group and they're sharing experience and they're hearing what other people experiences are. And they're realizing the consistency and what they want and what they don't want. And then they're making changes. And so that's the type of person that we get They're They're definitely not, um, your tech, like your typical gym person who's just like coming on in. They have a little bit more requests and requirements of themselves and others. Um, so, and that shows and it's the, and their kindness and support for each other. Yeah. And how big is the group? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah. So we have about, we have a little over 500 members, which okay. is, um, as far as like the big guys go, yeah. <laughs> they, they're like, I'm not worried about her. But as far as memberships go, you know, like when I mean, you're on a podcast, Sam, like we know this podcaster is like the average podcast last seven episodes. The average yeah. membership actually lasts 60 days. Mm. So the fact that we're going on year five and have over 500 members, I'm really proud of. Um, and I and I know most of their names. <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say a, a friend of mine, when he came on my podcast, he, he had 500 subscribers the first time. Now he's just crossed, I think it's, 250,000. But at that time I said, if, if you were to have 500 people come into the room now or try to host a party for these 500 people, you wouldn't be able to. Do you know what I mean? It's, that's, a, that's a lot of people. And yeah. to be fair, like what you said, it's a very engaged, you know, involved group where they know each other and they, and they understand each other's lives and they help each other through things. 500 people is an amazing community. And, it's amazing. And the fact that these people are all there for you and are getting something from you. That's more than you could have ever done with classes because realistically you're limited by time, energy, location. But now you're, you're, you know, you're worldwide, I assume. There's those 500 yeah. people are split across the whole world. Yeah, we're in about 16 time zones last time I checked, which is really cool. Um, we uh, we just got some new members in some countries we've never had members before. And, you know, like there are things that we've been coached to do that could like drive more members, mm. but they're against my values. Right. And so I am not against what their advice is, but I'm like, we just have to figure out how it aligns with my values because I have to show up authentically here yeah. in, in every values? way. So we, our values are consistency, mm -hmm. community. Um, uh, uh, we have integrity, authenticity, oh. and communication. Damn, I thought so, it was going to be all C's. I was like, consistency, I know. community. I was like, oh, I'm ready. And then yeah, it was intensity. Yeah. yeah I, I don't think I can remember five C's. <laughs> Three is good. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so for me, it's like, I'm going to show up authentic to them. So sometimes yeah. I film and I look like I just got out of bed because I did. Because mm -hmm. you know what? That's what they're doing. So yeah. I film in my living room, mm -hmm. um, you know, like I don't, I don't have it as a, as a stage because, um, I want them to, I want them to realize that they can do Pilates in their living room. They can do it in their yeah. hotel room. Um, you know, integrity, like if we say we're going to do something, we're going to do it, which means if you say you're going to do something, you're going to do it. And we, um, and if, I, so I, I can't ask my members to be more than what I am. And right. so, and I know that what they want is what I'm selling. So I have to make sure those things are in alignment mm -hmm. that we communicate, like, you know, things happen, tech happens. And so a class might get stuck and not drop the new one and the old one is up. Just be honest about it. Hey guys, <laughs> you got 17 extra minutes on that one because the next one's about to go out right now. We had a plug-in problem, yeah. you know, like just let them know because it, 
it's almost better. Otherwise they're like, what happened? Like they start to doubt themselves if something doesn't work. So for example, one time we were doing a challenge and Facebook and Instagram, like <laughs> stopped working for the day. I feel yeah. like this is a year ago. And mm -hmm. like, and so we said, we sent an entire email to all of our members. Hey guys, it's not you, it's them. So if you mm -hmm. can't log in to post your wins, write your wins down. So when it's back up, you can. And sure enough, I went into our customer service and two people before I'd sent that out were like, oh my gosh, I'm doing something wrong. I'm so dumb. I can't remember my password. Yeah. So for me, it's better that we communicate when things are happening so that they don't personalize it and think it's them because not them. It's whatever the, the other, the reason is right. So those are really important to me. And I know that we will grow bigger, but I would rather go grow that way with all of those values than sacrifice any one of those just for the numbers. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot more value to be had in a close-knit community than there is in a big community because a lot of people are focused on numbers. Oh, I want 10K Instagram followers, 100K TikTok followers, a million subs on YouTube. And it's like, but what are you going to do with that? What are you trying to say to these, you know, because they're not just numbers on a screen. They're, they're people. And, you know, when I look at my podcast dashboard, there's thousands of listens, thousands of downloads, but it actually tells you how many people that is. And that number is significantly less than the amount of downloads there is. And I go... What makes one person listen to 10 episodes of my podcast? What makes one person, you know, come back every week and, and you know, pay attention to what I'm saying? And it's like, I don't actually have anything to, to offer these people per se, other than the conversation that, you know, that me and you are having. Whereas with you, you kind of go, right, I'm here to nurture these people, give them fitness, give them, you know, mental stability, mental strength, bodily strength. And, and that is a much more powerful mission than... I want to build my business big so I can buy a Lambo and a house on the hill type thing, which is something that, you know, a lot of people struggle to to stick to when it comes to, you know, scaling their business. Oh, you are. Well, and that, well, you, you're correct on all of those things. And I think, um, one, having an engaged community is better than, than the numbers. And I think if you focus on the numbers, I know people with hundreds of thousands of followers who don't make any money off of them. Mm. And I, so let's go to YouTube. So YouTube, I actually get paid every single month off of YouTube. Now mm. I don't have, I don't have a million followers. I have 15,000 at the time of this recording. That's it. But yeah. I get paid every month. I don't put out hour long videos that have tons of ads. No, I put up three minute videos that have one ad. Mm. So I have people who watch and rewatch and rewatch my videos. And I, have, I get so that actually pays me every single month. Whereas the average YouTuber gets paid randomly. Mm. And so it's not about the numbers. It's about the dedication of, and, and what they're getting out of it. And that grows. Like I have a girlfriend who started off with 13 people buying an ebook. And now she's got thousands of people who sign up for her challenge. She only does it twice a year. It took her, she's had nine years, but that growth is so amazing because those people are so dedicated. They're so aligned. And so I would say, make sure you're really clear on your values and why you're doing this. Yeah. You, I want a G wagon. There's nothing wrong with that. I want a G wagon. Everybody knows. Everyone knows yeah. I want a G wagon. I was hoping to have my 40th birthday. That is not happening, but I am going to have one. I'm not buying a car till I have one. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm. But how I get there my why is very clear. It's not, I'm not doing this for the G wagon. I'm doing this for the impact that I want to make. Cause I know that what I do changes lives yeah. and then I will be rewarded eventually with that G wagon. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. And th and that's the thing. People think if you're a mission led person, the mission has to be all this noble and kind of like, Oh, for the bigger picture type thing. I'm glad you said you want a G wagon because everybody has those, those arbitrary random things that they want. And you know, that, that is a fair thing to do, but as long as you don't let the mission for that, 
you know, kind of overshadow what your business is, then I, I'd say you're, you know, you're all good. And I, yeah. I think what I wanted to ask you was you're at, you're at 500 now, but you know, what was it like on, you know, day one, month one, year one, what was it like growing that? Because it wasn't <laughs> like you just was like, right, cutting off the, uh, cutting off the in-person classes, 500 people in. Or was it like that? I don't know. No, no. Oh my God. I really thought it was going to be like that though. So uh, thank you for this question. And everyone, just so you know, if you build it, they don't come. <laughs> Every podcast starts off with zero listeners. Every social media account starts with zero followers. Yeah. You know, um, but here's, so my, when I launched my classes, I had five subscribers at $5 a week. Right. <laughs> it's not bad. A lot of people not have never bad. made a single cent online. Not bad. And then like, and then of course, a couple weeks later I had three and then a couple mm. weeks later I had seven and then I had four. And like, so memberships are a roller coaster ride and you mm. can, yes, you have to make sure that your numbers are growing, but you can't take it personally. When people leave, you have to ask, well, why are they leaving? Mm. And if they're saying they left because they want to have more classes, then I'm not the right person. Yeah. Now, if they said they left because the quality wasn't great or we were inconsistent, something that I have control over that aligns with my values, those are changes I can make. So it, I will tell you the first several months of only having basically making $25 a week and then not yeah. even that because of Stripe fees. Um, yeah. There were some weeks where I'm like, why am I doing this? Mm. Why don't we just put an old one up? Yeah, of course. You know, um, You're like, I'm here recording this for these five people. They won't notice the difference. Put last yeah. week's one back up. Yeah. And, you know, um, I gave myself permission a couple times to quit and that didn't feel like the right move. Mm. And so I think when you are starting off with something a being really clear on why you're doing it so that on, and like, I mean like why you're doing it, like, yeah. So Dean Graziosi, like seven levers of why, why are you doing it? And then they take that answer and why that, and take that answer and why that keep going till you get to number seven, you'll probably be crying to be like, oh my God, this is why I'm doing this. But yeah. like, you need to know, because if it, if you cannot get to a, a part of you that is bigger than your desires, you are going to quit. And that is okay. There's nothing wrong with that if it's the wrong thing for you. But yeah. um, the, the first year just, I mean, man, it was like, it was not fun. I really was like, I thought I was crazy. I thought I like, this is a waste of my money because it costs so much to like yeah. pay an editor and all these things. But when we got to 50, I was like, okay, well, that's not a bad number. Like that's, yeah. if I had 50 people come to my class every Saturday, like I would be like, be happy. Ooh, yeah. yeah, yeah. This place is packed out. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm a popular teacher in this, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so I, the first hundred was really difficult. And then the first 500 was really difficult. Um, and so I know that to get to a thousand is going to be a hard thing, but eventually like your friend is 250,000. Like there's part, there are some moments where it gets compounded. And yeah. so it's, um, sticking with the journey and, and liking yourself along the way is key. But yeah, the beginning y'all beginning suck. Yeah. They're not fun. I know people are like, oh, it's like the, 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 there's these butterflies. Yeah. In a relationship, yeah, <laughs> but like when it's your job, it's like you have a lot of doubt. You have a lot of imposter syndrome. You wonder who you are to be doing this and it's going to work. So making sure you have different ways of celebrating and what the, the, the am I doing good can't be based on the numbers of members at that time. It has to be based on feedback of a class. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. And, and that kind of leads me to what I wanted to ask you a bit earlier, but I just didn't find the right time to, to ask you it. What is the, the, the kind of goal of the business now? Because uh, there's a there's a phrase out there in entrepreneurship: if you're not growing, you're you're you know you're dying basically. But 
you know, I feel like with your business, you're all about nurturing the community that you have and, you know, people will bring more people in much like that woman brought you into her Pilates class, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for us, I mean, we're on a mission, more bodies doing Pilates because I know it helps you do life better. So obviously continuing to grow the, the community is always, um, always there for us. The other thing that we have started doing this year, and it was a really hard thing to do because people didn't really love it. Um, they're fine with it now, but we actually added in some more teachers to the platform. So we didn't change. There's not like more classes, but it's just that one week, it might not be me. It might be another teacher and having that diversity in age. So now we have teachers that range from, I, I think I'm the youngest at, <laughs> at 39 yeah. to 53. Then we have um, heights, four to six, one. Um, we have different weights. We have different people of color. And so, um, because I actually, I also know that people need to feel seen mm. and there's people who will look at me and go, I don't look like her, so I can't do it. Mm. And I really wanted to make sure I took that excuse away from people so that they can have this opportunity to be part of a really cool community. So for right now, it's like nurturing those teachers into, um, into being the best versions of them so that they can support the community. Um, and then seeing how that can maybe make a bigger impact so we can continue to grow. Nice. So your business is called online Pilates classes.com. Yeah. Now the name is is one of those ones that's going to be like a search engine's dream. If someone types in online Pilates classes, I'm sure you're one of the first few, if not on the first page that comes up. Yeah. So I, I could tell you've had some like advice in how to like, you know, set up your business and, and get things going. But what are the, the small things that you, you had no clue about that you learned along the way that other business owners or other people looking to start a business can hear now and go, oh, I didn't even think that would be a thing I need to think of when starting an online business. Yeah. So that's funny. Um, my husband found that just sitting on the GoDaddy's yeah. <laughs> in, 20, in 2017. It was still sitting there even there have been other platforms up there. Um, so, cause he was putting in SEO stuff. What's the top searched word for these things. Yeah. And then they found that URL. So I'm very blessed about that. What I will say that a lot of people don't realize is like, I think a lot of people get super excited about social media and that's how you're going to grow. Y'all, your website, do not ever overlook that because Mm. search engines are still the way that people find you. Mm. Social media is a way to nurture that experience for people to go from your website to just like get to know you more. It's a way for people to connect with you in a different way. But don't ever like underestimate the power of a website, the power of blogs. Mm. People, this is people get mad at me for promoting blogging. But let me tell you, Google wants you to be the answer. How are you the answer? There needs to be a blog. That answers yeah. a question that your ideal client is asking the internet. And you can do this by doing a, a video. You can go live on, on something. You can do a podcast episode and transcribe it and make it a blog. That's fine. But it's going to keep your website fresh. It's going to keep your website new. I had no idea how important it was for your website to be constantly updated yeah. and with the answers that people needed. And then you can bring them on the journey. But most people go for the social media followers all the way. And I am still blogging, still writing newsletters. I have a 60% average open rate on newsletters with thousands of people, tens of thousands of people on them because I never stopped nurturing that. So you can go for the followers, but stick with the like nurturing the people that you have, your business will grow. And and for the listener that might go, oh, you know what? I really like what Leslie's saying. I want to join her newsletter. What are the type of things they can expect to hear in that newsletter? 
Yeah. So I love to give tips on exercise and habits and routine. So to me, you know, like I'm obviously going to teach you Pilates um, and help you with whatever you want. But even if you don't want that information, um, your habits are what creates your life. And you might not, you have a ton of habits you didn't choose. You just do them by natural steps. So I love to teach people on habits. Um, and I love to, uh, to teach people how to like prioritize themselves first. So your, the newsletters will have a lot of that kind of stuff. And then, um, uh, links to free tutorials, to my flashcards, to classes when we have, um, when we talk about, which we don't, I'll be honest, I don't talk about my membership that much in the newsletter because I, in my brain, they're all members. They're not, (laughs) but, but I do like to make sure that I'm adding value and giving you something. And, and it's kind of like we're pen pals. It's not like I I write them all myself. So, you know, they're, they're a lot more fun and personalized than other things would be. But yeah, I hope that people, um, get a lot of value out of, and they must, I mean, you know, if the average rate is 60% open rate, I feel good about it. <laughs> yeah. Pe- people are seeing this and go, Oh, Leslie's back in the inbox. Like need to, need to chat to Leslie. Yeah. So, uh, one thing I want to ask you, and I, I, I'm pretty sure we've kind of semi answered this over the course of this podcast, but I want to ask it directly so you can have a think and, and give me an answer is what is it about what you do that brings you the most joy? So I'm, I started having people celebrate their wins on Fridays. It's called F yeah Friday. And Fridays is my favorite day of the week now, because after doing that years ago, and I mean, I started in 2018 and so like one person would do it and two people do it now, now across my memberships, everyone will do it. And I am so proud and I love seeing, it brings me so much joy to see people share their wins because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter like how good their hundred was or their teaser was, or if they did all the 30 minutes, it actually just matters that they, that they feel like they won something, that they did something for themselves. So that brings in the most joy. And that's just that I, I'm sure I could be doing anything. It doesn't have to be Pilates to have that, but oh, that is, that's what I look forward to. Where can the people find you online? You can find me at onlinepilotesclasses.com. So that is plural. Um, if you are wanting a free class, um, go to onlinepilotesclasses.com slash free. We also have intro series. If you're like, I'm intrigued, but I've never done this before. Just hit me up at leslie.logan on Instagram. That's where I love to hang out. And if you enjoy podcasts like Sam's, uh, wherever you listen to this, you can listen to the Be It Till You See It podcast. Thank you for listening to People Explained. New episodes come out every Monday. We would appreciate it if you gave us a review on Apple Podcasts and shared this episode with a friend.